Hello and welcome to Living Word Ministries. We're impacting lives and changing the world. Join us as we dive into the Word of God. That does not give us leftovers from yesterday. All we need to do is to tap in. Tap in to that faithfulness and every single morning we'll get brand new messages brand new blessings brand new from the throne of our almighty God hallelujah hallelujah is someone excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning amen even if you're not excited to be in the house of the Lord be excited that you're alive and you're well and you walked into this building with your two legs so many went to bed yesterday and did not wake up but by the grace and the mercy of the Almighty God that we serve, we are here today to give Him glory. Hallelujah. Good morning, family. Good morning, church. And happy Vision Sunday. Happy Revision Sunday. Amen. Amen. I would explain that in a little while. We're not at our promised land yet. Amen. The Bible says that the vision is for an appointed time. Though it tarry, wait for it. It will surely come to pass. That building, we would have our building. For that next 25 plus years, we would have our building. Ghana has started, you know, the project there has started. But the project here will start. Let's not give up. Let us not give up. You know, when we look through scripture, all these different people that God appeared to in a vision, in a dream, things did not happen immediately. It took time. You know, when you read about Abraham, the first time God spoke to him, he was 70 years old. See how long it took before the promise of Isaac came. So we do not give up. Amen. Let's just have that other scripture up. The one the Lord gave us this year to arise. And we're going to continuously remind ourselves of this every single month. Because that is the word that God gave us this year. That we need to arise. Amen. Bible says, doing this, knowing that this is a crucial time. We are in crucial times. It is already the hour for you to awaken from your sleep of spiritual complacency, for our salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed in Christ Jesus. Now, if you remember that even when Apostle Paul was writing, he was talking about how close we are to the end times. How much more now? We are so much closer. So we need to continuously remind ourselves. And I think this is a scripture that we're going to, you know, go through every single month as we remind ourselves of the vision that God has given unto us. Hallelujah. So we say this month, uh, this, today and probably next week is Revision Sunday. Now, can we have that word up again? Now, we call it revision. Now, 
we can look at it in two ways. So it's either re, as in we're talking about a vision, or it's revision. So those of us who have studied knows what it means to revise. So we're also reminding ourselves of the vision that God has given us. Amen. Now, that word vision is not alien to any of us. You know, some of us have a vision board. Some of us talk about visions. And, you know, some people will call it, oh, you know, my goals for the future. Now, this is how Matthew Luther King puts it. He says, you, you don't see the whole staircase, but you take one step. And that is what a vision could look like, you know, in, in, in layman's terms. You know, you have a desire for something to come to pass. You don't see the whole picture. All you do is you see little bits. And this is the beauty of God. As you become faithful in those little steps, God unveils more to us. You see, most of us, when you look at it, you talk about that word vision, we tend to interchange it with goals, right? Vision is that destiny. It's that end place. It's where you want to be at the end. It's where you're looking. It's where, you know, where that in, in, insight, that when you want to, you know, that achievement, that pinnacle, that's the word, of what you're trying to achieve. Now, goals are those steps what you take, what you do to help you to achieve that end vision. Hallelujah. So when you're looking at vision, you know, it's about there. When you're talking about goals, I call them baby steps. You know, I want to do something in 5, 10, 20 years. But what are you doing now to get you there? And that is where, what the difference is between a vision and, and goal. And that is why God says to us, you know, he was talking to Jeremiah. Um, and, you know, Jeremiah, obviously he um, repeats this back to us in, in his word. Jeremiah 29. It says, for my plans for you are of good and not of evil. They're to give you a hope and what? A future. Future is not now. Future is what's to come. But we need to be obedient now for us to be able to see what God has for us in the future. And the reason why visions does not materialize, we're going to go speak about this more next week. For a lot of people is because there are obstacles. What are those obstacles? Things like fear. Things like people discouraging us. People not trusting in us. And that is why it's important that when we have a vision, a God-given vision, it's important that we do not share it with everyone because not everyone would endorse our visions. Amen? Well, I'm going to talk more about that in a few minutes. But whether you have a physical vision, when I talk about physical vision, I mean talking about sort of like something you want to do or, you know, on earth, you know, a career, or you want to build a house, you want to do anything that we can call physical or a spiritual vision. It all starts from within you. And God is the one that births visions within us. 
So people make plans and, now, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. You know, we heard dad talk about, oh, that vision that he had, that he thought had died. See how long it took. And at one point, even he thought, well, you know what? There's no point. I'm not going back to Ghana, so, you know, I might as well, you know, give it up. Don't it tarry. Wait for it. And it's so easy for us to give up. Do you know, it's, so, it's actually easier to give up than to push through. I mean, you go ahead. Ask, ask Joseph. See what happened. See how long it took for that vision. He had a dream. Not just one dream. He had two dreams. Vision. So what are we talking about? You know, when you see a, a spiritual vision is more, it's not just a, 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 a natural thing. It's more of a supernatural encounter that conveys a revelation of something for the future. And how does it come? Sometimes it comes in a dream. Sometimes it comes in a trance. You know, God is not boxed up. So how, he, how God chooses to reveal himself to each one of us is different. And it's important that we are in tune. Now, when God appeared to, uh, to, uh, to, to Saul on the way to Damascus, it was with a shining bright light. When God appeared to, to, to uh, Abraham, it was different. But as long as we are connected, we would know when God visits us. And my prayer for each and every one of us is, as God visits us, that we will not miss it in the name of Jesus. Because our vision, our walk with God is completely different in each case. So it's important that we take hold of what God is saying to us, not to that next person. Because our walk with God is unique. Vision is an, is an insight, is an inward thing that God reveals unto us. And that is where prophecy, that's where revelation comes into place. You know, someone says, oh, you know, I have a prophecy about you. I have a prophecy that God would do. Every prophecy that we get should be a confirmation of what God is already saying to us. And we've heard this so many times that if somebody says something to us, and God has not spoken to us, we pray about it and we hang it on the shelf until God confirms it. We cannot, we cannot live our lives based on somebody else's vision or prophecy. It would not work. God has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us, and it is unique. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's take a look at Joel chapter 2. Joel 2:28. And this was God speaking through the prophet Joel unto us. He says, "Then after He says, "Then after all those things, I will pour out my spirit upon all people." He says, "Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions." Are there any young men in the house this morning? Amen. Are you seeing visions? Amen. <laughs> You've got to see those visions. Amen. 
It says, in those days, I will pour out my spirit even on servants, men and women alike. Now, <laughs> I believe that those days are now. Those days are the days that we are living now. Because if God is saying that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, another version says, and even upon servants. Now, how many of us remembers the situation that happened with Naaman that had leprosy? If it was not for the servant girl, right? He did not want to obey Elisha. So God's spirit was in that servant girl. And she was able to say, my master, what would it cost you? If the servant of God is saying, go and deep seven times, just do it. You've got nothing to lose. But for that girl, he probably would have died of that leprosy. So that was God's spirit at work in that young woman or young lady. So regardless of your age, regardless of gender, regardless of your position in, in society, God has a vision for you to fulfill. And you know, sometimes it wouldn't make sense to you. Because you think, I don't match up. I don't qualify. Because we are looking in the, at the physical. And so many of us, have been through that road. So many of us are going to go through that road to say, I don't think I, wow, this is too big for me. And you know what? <laughs> when God gives us a vision, it's always too big for us. And that is why we need to depend on him for that vision to come to pass. When God said to Abraham, I'm going to bless you. You're going to have a son. You know, he sat down, I would, no, 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 okay, I, you know, I would help God. He did the Ishmael. But God said, no. I would give you a son that would come from your own loins, that would come from, from my daughter Sarah. Your own flesh and blood, fully. God had a, God had a promise for him. And sometimes when God gives us a vision, we want to help God. But thank God that we have a merciful God. That even when we help him and we come to realization, God is able to give us a second chance. Because God wants to perfect everything that concerns us. So sometimes when we think we don't match up or we don't qualify, let us, you know, put the plug back in. To see that God has the best for each and every one of us. You know, as I was going through this, I, one thing came to mind. You know, how many of us, you know, sort of like maybe parents or even adults would see a young child and say, Oh, what would you like to be when you're, when you're old? You know, some of them would say, Oh, I want to be a pilot. Oh, I want to be a doctor. Oh, I want to be a fireman. And sometimes we... We say, oh, he's just a child. You know? He's, oh, he's just a kid. And we take no notice of it. But I'm calling us as parents this morning. I'm calling us as mentors this morning. When we have a child or a grandchild, 
that says these words. Let's take heed. Let's take note of them. Because it's God's, you know, when the Bible says, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings has he ordained strength. God speaks to our children. And we need to take heed. And begin to help them to fan that fire. You know, I, I've come from a culture where, I mean, it didn't happen to me personally, but I saw, I saw it happen so many times, where parents want to live their own dreams through their children. Oh, I paid so much for your school fees, you have to be a doctor. Oh, you have to be an accountant. Oh, you have to be, you know, whatever it is. And the child does not want to be a doctor. Because God has put something else on the inside of that child. I saw it happen recently. Where because a father pays X amount for his son. He insists that, I want you to do sciences. And the child says, I don't, I, don't want to be, I don't want to do science subjects. We want to live our dreams. We want to live our visions through our children. And then when the child doesn't do well, you turn around and say, I pay so much to send you to school and you're a failure. But God has birthed, birthed something else on the inside of that child. I've seen so many people who have started off in one career path and not made it, and they've moved on to something else, and they have made it just like that. Because that is the dream that God has put on the inside of them. And I believe that the minute that we are born, even before we are born, God has a perfect plan for each and every one. It is for us to find out what that plan is and to find that fire. And as we find that fire, we will see God's perfect plan. Not permissive, God's perfect plan come to pass. You know, before, before the men become old and they begin to dream dreams, they were once young. So they saw visions. Our daughters will prophesy. Our sons will prophesy. And as children of God, as they begin to speak these words, the words of life, the words of power, we need to take heed and not discard any word that comes out of their mouths. You know, a story is um, told of a, of, um, of, of a musician, you know, who... He, he, well, he went with his servants. I don't know what the scenario really was. But they, they, they were in this musical. And whilst there, there was a the man and the servant. And the man was describing to his servant what he saw. You know, <laughs> can you imagine standing in front of a ruined building? And the man is describing to the, his servant, see how beautiful this building is. And... You know, he sees one thing, but the servant sees something else. And he's saying, can you see this? Can you see that? Can you see that? Can you see the potential in that? But when he asks the servant, what do you see? 
The servant says, oh, all I can see is ruins. Was that the fact? Was that the fact that that was what he could see? Yeah, it was a fact. But that was not the truth. So before going any further, he said, ah, hold on, hold on. I, I need you to stop right there. Because I will not allow your facts to interfere with my vision. You see, what he saw was completely different. Now, they both had eyes, but they saw different things. And the same goes for each and every one of us. We might be looking at the same thing, but our imaginations could be completely different. You see, a God-given dream or God-given vision defiles the facts. It focuses on the truth, the truth of the word of God. So I'm saying to us this morning, if God has given us a vision, and he definitely has given us a vision, look for supporters, not critics. You see, when we have a vision, there will be more than enough people that would tell us or even show us reasons why that vision cannot or will not work. Some would say, I've been there, I've done it, and it hasn't worked. But the fact that it has not worked for X does not mean it will not work for Y. Because we are completely different. You know, I, I was sharing with someone while I was in Nigeria. I mean, the girl was, she's a girl that we, we, we support, you know, educationally. And unfortunately, she didn't make her papers. You know, the, they call it the West African exam, YEC, whatever it is. It's like the GCSE. And she was really down and very despondent about it. And I said to her, I said, listen, not everyone's future or pathway has to go through the educational path. Now, you might not be educationally motivated, but there might be a skill. And there are other things that she is very good at. And I was encouraging her, you know, face, you know, this other skill that you've got, and you'll be surprised how well you will do. But because her friends were in school, she wanted to go through that same pathway. And I struggled to help her to understand that the fact that you do not go to college or university does not mean that you will not make it in life. You know, I, I, I had to tell her about Richard Branson and a few other people. You know, we have a saying back in Nigeria that do not look at somebody else's wristwatch to determine your time. And what be that basically means is that everyone's times and seasons is different. You know, we've been talking about times, we've been talking about seasons this, this month. Everyone's seasons is completely different. So it's important that we know our times, we know our seasons. So if you're able to rise above your critics, if you're able to rise above fear, you know, God would enable you to fulfill your vision, the vision that he has given to you. Let's take a look at what Habakkuk says. And I know I've mentioned this. It says Habakkuk 2. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
I haven't got the full scripture written here. Can we have it on the screen, please? Amen. Habakkuk 2. It says, Then the Lord said to me, Write my answer plainly on tablets. Now, the other version says, Write the vision. Make it plain. So that, Amen. Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. Now, a vision is meant to outlive you. Amen? A vision is meant to outlive you. When God gives you a vision, it's not just for you. It's not just for when you're alive. It's for when you're gone home to glory. And that's why it says, so that he may run with it. Who reads it? The future generation. And that's why God said of Abraham, he says, I know him. For he will teach who? His children's children concerning me. So that means that whatever it is I have given to Abraham, whatever it is that God has given to each and every one of us, is not just for us, it is to bless the generations that are to come. Amen. Now, when you look at vision, there seems to be, you know, people say, oh, you know what, the, the vision has perished. Or the vision is no longer there. Now, the problem itself is not the vision that God has given us. That vision, once God gives, God, he does not repent of it. When he gives you a vision, he gives you a vision. What you do with that vision is now up to you. But oftentimes, we allow situations to drown the vision. What are these situations? You know, things like fear. Because we've shared a vision with someone and the person said, oh, you know what, I've actually done that before and it doesn't work. And unfortunately, these might be people that we trust. These might be people that are so close to us, even our family members, because they do not see, not because they're bad people, but because they do not see it. And they can only advise you based on what they know. And that's why it's so crucial that we hold on, hold on. You know, if we are convinced, then we hold on. Amen. So sometimes you have fear that, you know, that, that, that holds us back from fulfilling, you know, that vision that God has given us. I said earlier on, we think we don't match up, we don't, we, we, we don't qualify but there's also the element of clarity. Because sometimes that vision is not clear. And that is the way God works. He wants us to trust him and take a step. And as we take a step, he unveils the next. As we take a step, it's all about obedience. And how obedient are we when it comes to the things of God? Are we prepared to take those baby steps? Are we prepared to take the steps knowing that at this point in time, we do not see the finish line? You see, Jesus said to one of, of, of his sons, he said, blessed are those. He says, you believe because you see. 
But blessed are those who do not see, yet they believe. Are we prepared to believe what God has in store for us, even though we do not see the finish line? And it can be difficult. You see, in, in, in Mark chapter 8, there was a gentleman whose friends brought him to Jesus and said, Master, please help us. Help, help, help our friend. He is blind. He cannot see. But what did Jesus do? The Bible says Jesus took him and took him to the outskirts of the town. Why did Jesus not heal him there and then? Because of the naysayers, I'd like to believe. And as Jesus took him out, and Jesus touched his eyes, he says, what do you see? He says, I see men like trees. God's vision for us sometimes can be a bit foggy. But as we, as we plug in, as we stay close to his word, it becomes clearer. You know, <laughs> it, 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 it's so funny. Even this morning, I mean, there are times that, you know, I, I have to take off my glasses. Because you get into, set, you know, certain temperatures or you get into certain places. And what happens, your glasses becomes foggy. And to be honest with you, over the last few, how long, where we've been wearing masks. <laughs> you know, I was, I, I was actually watching um, someone minister, and he, he spoke about it. And he says, wearing masks, I don't know how many of you have experienced that. I mean, wearing masks with glasses do not go together. So every time I put on a mask and I breathe, all I see is the fogginess in my glasses. So I have to take off my glasses and there you go. Something has to give. But then sometimes that is what it's like with vision. Especially if you're not keyed in. But we need to trust that God, as I keep in tune with you, as I keep plugged into your word, you would unveil you become clearer. You become clearer. You see, Jesus touched this man. And initially, he didn't see clearly. But he touched him again. And he could see clearly. My prayer for each one of us this morning is that we will see clearly the vision that God has for us. You see, there is a vision for the church. There's a vision for Living Word Ministries. And though it tarry, wait for it. But we cannot see the vision and we cannot walk with the vision for the church until we're able to walk with the vision that God has for each and every one of us. Because if we don't know what it's like to have a personal vision, then when it comes to the vision for the church, how do we, how do we link into that? How do we support that? If we don't know what our vision is, or if we don't believe in a vision, if we don't believe that God has a plan for Living Word Ministries, 
How can we, how can, how can we um, be on board with that vision? You see, just one touch is all it takes for there to be clarity. You know, I, I have this written down. It says, vision is to live your truth, not to convince people to see it. Vision is you live the truth. Walk in the truth of what God has told you. You don't need to convince anyone. In time, people would see the truth. So what we're going to do next week, we're going we're to carry on because there's still a few other things that we want to do before we round up today's service. But we're going to look at some people in Scripture who God revealed in visions, certain things to and what it took for those visions to come to pass in their lives. But before we go, I want to leave us with a couple, of, a couple of pointers, as I'll put it. You see, not everyone who starts out with you is capable of going all the way. And like I said, it's not because they're bad people, but they might not be able to emotionally support your vision. Or their vision might differ from the vision that God has given to you. Vision starts from within. God births something on the inside of you. You know, people say, oh, it's an intuition. But it's a godly intuition. What, are you, what do you pray about constantly? What are you passionate about? Where do you see your future? What are your short-term, your medium-term, your long-term goals? What are you doing right now with the gifts and the talents that God has given to you? You know, a lot of us think, oh, you know, we, we, we do well in such, a, such and such area because of our education. But if God did not give us, you know, the, the, the talents and the giftings, we can't achieve anything. What we are today is by the grace and the mercy of the Almighty God. You see, when God gave, when, 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 when God, when Moses was born, his mom knew there was something different about him. And that is why for three months, she hid him. She might have not seen the whole picture. And if, I'm, I'm sure if she was around and we could ask her, she, pro, she definitely wouldn't have known that God was going to use Moses to redeem his people. But she knew there was something different about him. And we know what happened with Moses. Even though he was raised in the palace, he was never comfortable until he fulfilled God's plan and purpose for his life. You see, you don't get to decide what your vision is. You have to discover it. So when we say, oh, there's a vision, it's not, what you, it's not what you decide. It's what God has decided. It's what God has put on the inside of you. So it's for each and every one of us to discover what it is that God has birthed on the inside of us. And I said earlier on, we don't leave our visions based on others. 
we need to seek the face of God for the vision that he has given unto us and we run with it. And that's why Jeremiah says, call unto me and what? I will answer. Not only would I answer, I will show you great and mighty things that you know not. So what are those things that you do not know? They're things about the future. They're things that God has planned for us. If you were blessed by today's message, why not share it with a loved one? And as always, stay connected by visiting our website at www.lwmi.org.uk. We hope you were blessed.